Welcome to this week in nephrology, your filtered medical journal summary. Looking to stay up to date with the latest medical research but short on time? This week in nephrology has you covered. Our AI-powered podcast provides you with a convenient, on-the-go solution to keep you informed about the most significant developments in the nephrology field. We'll be discussing the article and journal of the American Society of Nephrology, Efficacy and Safety of Eculizumab in Pediatric Patients Affected by Shigot Toxin-Related Hemolytic and Uremic Syndrome, a Randomized, Placebo-Controlled Trial. Background Hemolytic Uremic Syndrome, HUS, mainly affects children under 5 and causes thrombocytopenia, anemia, and acute renal failure. Shigot Toxin-Related HUS, STEC HUS, accounts for 90% of HUS cases and is due to Shigot Toxin secreted by E. coli. STEC HUS can be severe, with about 50% of children needing renal replacement therapy, 20% having neurological involvement, and 5% cardiac involvement. Mortality is now under 5%. The complement system has been implicated in atypical HUS but may also play a role in STEC HUS through transient activation of the alternative complement pathway. Eculizumab, a complement inhibitor, has been successfully used to treat atypical HUS and showed promise in small studies of STEC HUS. This study is a phase 3 randomized trial testing eculizumab in pediatric STEC-HUS patients to see if it can reduce the need for or duration of renal replacement therapy. Methods Eculishu is a phase 3, multi-center, randomized, placebo-controlled trial in pediatric STEC-HUS patients funded by the French government. It was conducted at 18 sites in the French Society of Pediatric Nephrology Network from 2015 to 2019. The aim was to assess if eculizumab treatment can impact acute renal failure in STEC-HUS. There was a four-week treatment period followed by 11 months of follow-up. Outcomes assessed included need for renal replacement therapy, kidney function, hematologic measures, and safety. Eculizumab was purchased from Alexion Pharma which did not have a role in the study. The study was registered, approved by ethics committees, and executed per the Declaration of Helsinki. The trial aimed to enroll 100 patients with STEC-HUS. Eligible patients were children aged 1 month to 18 years with thrombotic microangiopathy, thrombocytopenia, anemia, increased LDH, schizocytes acute renal failure defined as E for less than 75 milliliters per minute slash 1.73 square meters using the Schwartz formula. History of diarrhea and or identification of E. coli or Shiga toxin in stool sample. Exclusion criteria included neonatal HUS, other types of HUS. Patients were randomized one-to-one to eculizumab or placebo using a web-based platform. Eculizumab or placebo was given as four infusion over 30 minutes at day 0, 7, 14, 21, 28 at weight-based dosing. Supportive care was per standard practice except plasma therapy, erythropoietin, rituximab, IVIG were prohibited. Primary endpoint was RRT duration less than 48 hours after first infusion. Secondary endpoints included renal function, TMA measures, hospitalization, mortality, safety. Complement activation markers were also analyzed. Sample size was 100 patients total for 80% power. Statistical analyzes included chi-square test, t-test, linear mixed modeling. Results 100 children with STEC-HUS were enrolled, with 14 withdrawing. Median age was 2.6 years, 54% were female. 94% had diarrhea, all had evidence of Shigot toxin. 
Median EATFOR was 15.2 milliliters per minute slash 1.73 square meters, 29% were on dialysis at enrollment. Hematologic signs of TMA were present. 56% had extrarenal manifestations like elevated liver enzymes, neurological issues. Baseline characteristics were generally well balanced between the eculizumab and placebo groups. Eculizumab did not show efficacy in improving acute renal failure during the acute phase of STEC-HUS compared to placebo. The primary endpoint of renal replacement therapy duration less than 48 hours after first infusion was reached in 38% of the eculizumab group versus 48% of the placebo group in the intention to treat analysis, p equals 0.313. Similar results were seen in the per-protocol analysis, with no significant difference between groups. However, at the 12-month follow-up visit, there were less renal sequelae in the eculizumab group compared to placebo. No differences were seen between groups in the evolution of hematologic parameters or occurrence of extrarenal manifestations. There was no significant difference in renal replacement therapy, RRT, requirement between the eculizumab, 60%, and placebo, 50%, groups. In patients not on RRT at enrollment, 26.5% in the eculizumab group and 20.8% in the placebo group later required RRT, p equals 0.509. Median RRT duration was 9.5 days with eculizumab versus 6 days with placebo. No differences were seen between groups in the evolution of plasma creatinine or EECFR over the first 60 days. Here is a summary of the key findings on renal sequelae. Renal sequelae assessed at 6 and 12 months included high blood pressure, decreased EECFR, and proteinuria. At 6 months, there was no difference in renal sequelae between the eculizumab, 30.9%, and placebo. 25% groups. However, at 12 months, there were significantly less renal sequelae in the eculizumab group, 43.5%, compared to the placebo group, 64.4%, p equals 0.04. Most patients had one sequel criterion, while some had two or more. Here is a summary of the findings on hematologic parameters. Hematologic markers of thrombotic microangiopathy, TMA, including platelets, hemoglobin, LDH, and schizocytes were monitored throughout the study. There were no significant differences between the eculizumab and placebo groups in the evolution of these TMA parameters over time. Blood and platelet transfusion requirements were also similar between groups. Here are the key findings regarding extrarenal manifestations and hospitalization. Occurrence of extrarenal manifestations from day 0 to 60 was assessed. 86% of the eculizumab group and 80% of the placebo group experienced at least one extrarenal manifestation, with no significant difference between groups. The most common were liver and pancreatic enzyme elevations. Neurologic manifestations occurred in 8% of eculizumab patients and 12.5% of placebo patients. There was a non-significant trend toward less cardiac manifestations in the eculizumab group, 2% versus 10% in placebo. Hospital length of stay was similar between groups, both before and after study inclusion. There were no deaths in the study. Here is a summary of the key safety findings. There were 550 total treatment emergent adverse events, A's, reported in 96 patients. The most common A's were infections and gastrointestinal issues. 24 A's in 12 patients were considered related to treatment, 7 in eculizumab, 5 in placebo. There were 25 serious A's in 18 patients, 11 eculizumab, 7 placebo, 
none considered treatment related. Eight patients withdrew from the study due to A's, 7 eculizumab, 1 placebo. A's were analyzed in the as treated population since 4 placebo patients received eculizumab. Here are the key findings from the complement biomarker analysis. Complement activation was assessed by monitoring C3, CD46, and CH50 levels. C3 was elevated in 28% at baseline but not low at any time point. CD46 was low in 71% at baseline, 29% at day 7, and 16% at day 21. Low CD46 patients trended toward more digestive complications. CH50 was normal at baseline in both groups. In the eculizumab group, 54% at day 7 and 42% at day 21 achieved CH50 less than 20% indicating C5 blockade. In the 19 patients with early CH50 blockade, only 47% reached the primary endpoint. Discussion Eculizumab did not improve acute renal failure outcomes compared to placebo based on the primary endpoint and other measures of renal function. No differences were seen in resolution of hematologic TMA parameters or transfusion needs between groups. Occurrence of neurological manifestations was similar between groups, around 8-12%. No difference was seen in other extrarenal manifestations except a trend toward fewer cardiac issues with eculizumab. At 12 months, less renal sequelae occurred with eculizumab versus placebo, the only benefit seen. Complement biomarkers indicated activation at baseline but did not clearly predict eculizumab response. No deaths occurred and eculizumab was reasonably well tolerated. The next article is from Clinical Journal of the American Society of Nephrology. Ferric carboxymaltose in iron deficient patients with hospitalized heart failure and reduced kidney function. Study Design the AFFIRM AHF trial enrolled adults hospitalized with acute heart failure and iron deficiency. Patients were randomly assigned to receive intravenous ferric carboxymaltose or placebo. Maintenance doses were given if iron deficiency persisted. Endpoints and subgroups. This section discusses the primary and secondary endpoints of a study, which include heart failure hospitalizations, cardiovascular death, and other related outcomes. The number of days lost due to heart failure hospitalizations is calculated for each patient. The study also assesses health-related quality of life using the Kansas City Cardiomyopathy Questionnaire 12. All-cause mortality is analyzed as a pre-specified endpoint. Serum creatinine and estimated glomerular filtration rate, EGFR, are measured, with EGFR categorized as less than 60 milliliters per minute per 1.73 square meters, lower subgroup, or greater than or equal to 60 ml per minute per 1.73 square meters, higher subgroup. The analysis also includes a subgroup analysis based on EGFR turtles. Study population, baseline characteristics, and treatment exposure. In the AFFIRM AHF study, 1,132 patients were randomly assigned to receive either ferric carboxymaltose or placebo. Out of these, 1,110 patients received the study treatment, and 967 participants were included in the analysis cohort. The baseline estimated glomerular filtration rate, EGFR, was similar between the two treatment arms. Patients with lower EGFR were older, more likely to have diabetes, and had higher proportions of non-ischemic heart failure. They were also less likely to be receiving guideline-directed triple therapy for heart failure. In the lower EGFR subgroup, baseline phosphate levels were lower in patients randomized to ferric carboxymaltose. 
Across all EFR categories, most patients in the ferric carboxymaltose arm received 1 to 2 doses of the treatment, with similar mean doses in different EFR efficacy outcomes. Among patients with an EFR greater than or equal to 60 ml per minute per 1.73 square meters, the annualized event rates for the primary endpoint were 65.7 and 43.0 per 100 patient years in the placebo and ferric carboxymaltose groups, respectively. The treatment-effective ferric carboxymaltose was not statistically significant in this subgroup. In patients with an EEG for less than 60 milliliters per minute per 1.73 square meters, the event rates were higher, but the treatment-effective ferric carboxymaltose was similar and not statistically significant. The authors also observed improvements in KCCQ12 summary scores over time, with numerically greater improvements associated with ferric carboxymaltose compared to placebo. However, the magnitude of improvements was somewhat diminished in patients with lower EFR. Laboratory Assessments and AAs The effects of ferric carboxymaltose administration on patients with different kidney function levels were examined. Patients receiving ferric carboxymaltose showed significant increases in mean serum ferritin levels compared to the placebo group. The increase in mean transferrin saturation, TSAT, was also greater in the ferric carboxymaltose-treated patients. Hemoglobin levels increased in patients receiving ferric carboxymaltose, regardless of their kidney function. Changes in serum phosphate levels were minimal in both treatment groups. The rates of adverse events, A's, were similar between the two treatment arms, but A's were more common in patients with lower kidney function. Discussion The results showed that ferric carboxymaltose treatment was beneficial in reducing hospitalization for heart failure, regardless of baseline kidney function. The treatment also improved quality of life in patients with reduced kidney function. Importantly, the study found that the effects of ferric carboxymaltose were not affected by the presence or absence of baseline anemia. The safety profile of the treatment was similar across different levels of kidney function. However, the study had limitations, such as a predominantly white population and lack of power to detect treatment effects in individual subgroups. Despite these limitations, the results suggest that ferric carboxymaltose can be effective in managing iron deficiency in heart failure patients with impaired kidney function. The findings support the assessment and management of iron deficiency in patients with chronic kidney disease and heart failure, regardless of anemia status. In the nephrology dialysis transplantation in September issue we will be reviewing. Malignancy risk in kidney transplant recipients exposed to immunosuppression pre-transplant for the treatment of glomerulonephritis. Introduction Kidney transplant is the preferred method of renal replacement therapy due to its higher survival rate and improved quality of life compared to dialysis. However, the lifelong immunosuppression required after transplant increases the risk of complications, particularly malignancy. The amount and intensity of immunosuppression received post-transplant contribute to the development of malignancy. It is often overlooked that patients with glomerulonephritis, GN, a common cause of end-stage kidney disease, have already been exposed to immunosuppression prior to transplant. The types, duration, and combinations of immunosuppressive therapies vary based on the type of glomerular disease. This pre-transplant immunosuppression, PTI, along with post-transplant immunosuppression, may further increase the risk of malignancy. The study aims to examine the risks of malignancy post-kidney transplant in individuals treated with PTI, including those receiving modern lower-dose immunosuppression regimens and agents believed to have lower malignancy risks. 
The hypothesis is that PTI is associated with an increased risk of malignancy post-transplant.